Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and once again, I welcome you to the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet. This week, I'll be sharing with you from the title, The Eyes of God. The Bible speaks to us and literally calls by name some of the body parts of God. In Nehemiah 2.18, it speaks of the hand of God. It reads, Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. His feet are mentioned in the book of Revelations, chapter 1, verse 17, where it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand upon me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. In the Amplified Version of Nehemiah 13.31, Nehemiah the politician prayed and asked God to imprint him upon his heart. With these scriptures in mind, we see again and again where the parts of God's body are spoken of to be so much like our own. And perhaps this is where the problem comes. It's not that God's body is like ours, but rather that man's bodies are like his. When the Bible speaks of God's hands, we see in our hearts and minds hands like the hands of man. When it talks of his feet, we immediately think of feet like ours and a heart like ours. Unfortunately for some, this has caused many to see God in the image of a man as opposed to seeing man in the image of God. We all know that Genesis 1:27 tells us, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Far too many have begun to equate God with man, putting him on a human fleshly level and likening him to being equal with man. Not only is this a grave mistake, but in actuality is actually sin, even blasphemy. This is the sin that has caused mankind to turn away from God, giving him a status and nature that allows man to relate to him with so much insolence and familiarity. And we all know the expression, familiarity breeds contempt. There is a contempt for God that has developed in mankind that we are seeing today even among Christians. And it's all because of the honor, glory, and homage that many Christians no longer give him. Does it mean that people aren't going to church singing songs of praise and worship? Does it mean that no one serves or loves him? Of course not. But as the old adage goes, it's not what you do, but how you do it. I might add that it's not what you do, but why you do it. Proverbs 20, verse 27 in the New Living Translation reads, The Lord light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. In the contemporary English version of the Bible, that same verse reads, Our inner thoughts are a lamp from the Lord, and they search our hearts. There's another body part of God that I'd like to talk about today. It's a part of him that we should all be aware of. It's his eyes. Basically, what the writer of Proverbs is saying is that our thoughts illuminates, shines brightly, allowing the eyes of God to see the true meaning and motives of our hearts. 
Our inner thoughts literally reveal to God the true reasons we do the things we do, basically why we do what we do. It tells him our thoughts behind our actions. Our true hidden opinions literally light up every inner thought and every secret motive that we have. One day I was praying for my oldest grandson who's 26 years old now. Although he was saved as a young boy, I know that right now he's backslidden. Recently, I heard that he has a girlfriend. So as I was praying for him, I began to pray for her. My words were, God save her so that she can lead my grandson back to you. Immediately, there was a conviction that came upon me. My motives for the young lady being saved were not to glorify the Father or for another soul to be brought into the kingdom of God. Instead, they were selfish and unthinking. My concern was not for her to have a loving personal relationship with the Father, but rather for the soul of my grandson. Without hesitation, I repented for such thoughtless words and earnestly prayed for her salvation with no ulterior motives or hidden agendas. Last week, I shared with you the scripture from Second Chronicles 16 and 9. The first part of that scripture reads, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. A few definitions of the Oxford Dictionary defines the word I as something that observes, sees, or surveys. However, when referring to the eyes of the Lord in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary, the word I is defined as his face, his presence, and even as to be pleased or displeased. Because God is all present, he's everywhere all at once. We need to understand that he also sees everything all at once, outside of every person as well as inside of them. He knows the motives and the intents of our hearts. I've often referred to Amaziah, one of the kings of Judah. According to 2 Chronicles 25, it says that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. In the things that he did, it was not out of a pure heart. What Amaziah did was not in the complete covenant relationship that Judah had with God. We must understand that God is a God of covenant, and his covenant with us through the blood of his son Jesus is not just a matter for us to be saved and get into heaven. I can never emphasize enough how important it is to know understand and walk in true covenant relationship with the Father. It was in God's eyes where the heart of Amaziah was seen and judged, and so it is with every human being on this earth. What Amaziah did was right, but what were his motives? Why did he do the things he did, even though they were right and good, but it was his heart that God saw and judged? So what about our hearts? What about our motives and agendas? Let's look at our love and relationship with our children. Despite the fact that some of them have disappointed their parents beyond anything imaginable, many parents never gave up hope, never stopped loving and believing in them. Many years ago in New Orleans, there was a young man who went to the rooftop of a hotel and began to shoot people. 
Since then, he was dubbed the New Orleans Sniper. That day, he took about nine lives. The young man's mother, who lived in Detroit at the time, was interviewed. She expressed her sincere sympathy for the families of those who had lost their lives by the hands of her son. But then she said, but remember, I lost my son too. She wanted it to be known that no matter what, she still loved her child. She never tried to hide the fact that she knew he had hurt and killed others, but yet she grieved just as much as the families of those her son had killed. She didn't condone what he had done or tried to justify it. She just let it be known that no matter what, she loved her child. Quite possibly, this mother may have understood more than anyone why her son had done what he did. She may have understood and recognized his motives and intentions. So it is with our Heavenly Father. No matter what we do, he will always love us, but he will also always know the motives of our hearts. This brings me to the question, why do we do what's right? Why do we serve God? Why do we love him? Remember when God is looking throughout the earth, his eyes are searching for those with pure hearts. To have a pure heart is to have flawless motives, no ulterior motives or hidden agendas for doing what's right. When someone witnesses to the lost, is it because they want to be seen as holy? Is it because they want the kudos from man by being known as a person who wins the lost? Is it because they truly care about bringing a soul into the kingdom? Or is it only because they know it's what God has told them to do? In other words, are they doing what they're doing, even though it's right, but yet not with a pure heart, not wholeheartedly or for the right reasons? God sees the motives and the intents of our hearts, even when we do the right things for the wrong reasons. Yet, in spite of our wrongs and sin, he lets it be known that he still loves us. Does he still reward us for our wrongs? Does he ignore or deny our sin? Of course not. But it should be understood that his rewards and blessings upon us should not be the reasons or motives for us doing the things we do, especially when it's in his name. Again, I ask the question, why do we serve God? Why do we love him? Is it because of salvation? healings, deliverances, blessings, or even the peace that we receive from him. What are our motives, the true motives of our hearts for serving God? What are our motives for doing what we do? In the Amplified Version of 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, it reads, But just as it is written in Scripture, things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, who obey him and who gratefully recognize the benefit that he has bestowed. No, our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard, nor has it entered into our hearts all that God has in store for them that love him. 
but his eyes do see. They see the true intents and motives of our hearts. He knows and understands why we do the things we do and what our agendas truly are. God's eyes searches us inwardly where the true thoughts of our hearts are revealed to him completely. The psalmist prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Let this be our continual prayer, so that when the eyes of our Father are going to and fro in the earth, seeking those with a clean heart, he won't have to pass us by. Let us always have pure hearts with pure motives, so that when our spirits illuminate to the Father what's truly within us, his eyes will see not only what's right and good, but also that there are no hidden agendas, and all that we do for him, we do with wholehearted love and obedience. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I- T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support and may God bless each and every one of you.